Before we get into today's episode, we want to quickly tell you that Black History Always is a new podcast in partnership with The Undefeated that takes a deep dive into the stories of now and tomorrow from a black aperture that will empower and inspire. Hosted by Clinton Yates, rate, review, and follow Black History Always. Also, relive one of the greatest icons and most successful teams in sports history, Michael Jordan and the 1997-98 Chicago Bulls. Stream the Emmy and NAACP Image Award winning series, The Last Dance, on ESPN+. We want to quickly tell you that Black History Always is a new podcast in partnership with The Undefeated. It takes a deep dive into the stories of now and tomorrow, from a black aperture that will empower and inspire. It's hosted by Clinton Yates. Rate, review, and follow Black History Always. Also, relive one of the greatest icons and most successful teams in sports history, Michael Jordan and the 1997-1998 Chicago Bulls. Stream the Emmy and NAACP Image Award-winning series, The Last Dance, on ESPN+. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of DC and RC. I'm Daniel Cormier, your friendly neighborhood UFC double champion. This is my guy, Super Bowl football winning partner, Ryan Clark. And guys, hey, we're together in Houston. Man, we're together in Houston. You know what? The UFC gave us the gift, man. They brought you closer to me. Mm-hmm. And so now I get a chance to hang out a little bit. With the busy schedule, you can't ask Ryan Clark to go to Florida. Or you can't <laughs> ask him to go to Vegas, California. But if you're in Texas, I can it's a 45-minute flight. I can see If you. it's a close flight, yeah, I'll do it. I'll get there. Now, listen, RC, this is um, a big time for everything because we have so much going on. The Olympics are going on. I mean, we have... The, the conversation about what A.J. McKee did last yeah. weekend, which was fantastic. We have the preview of the pay-per-view main event this week, Derek Lewis. And which I'm so excited on. about. Honestly, but first and foremost. First and foremost. What we got? What we got? We got to talk about our friend. Your friend. My, my friend, friend. The future UFC lightweight champion of the world. Hold your horses. Islam Mahashev, RDA. We knew the fight was coming up, but now that it's official... What's the excitement level to watch Islam no, dominating so, the way that he you know, did? And so I already know how it's going to go. People are going <laughs> to say, hey, RC, you said Islam Makachev uh, is, is boring. But I don't think that, right? I don't think he's boring. We've seen him be exciting. And I'm looking for that exciting Islam to show up against RDA. Now, listen, DC, you know how trash talks work. Trash yep. talk works. Yep. He's trash talked a legend, right? A former champion. How do you see this playing out? Are you excited? Or as his real friend, are you a little scared for this matchup? Oh, I'm not scared. Let me tell you one thing I'm not is afraid. You know, when I talk about Islam, I know a guy, how hard he trains, how committed he is to fighting. But I also know that with his background and with where he's come from, you know, in Dagestan, those guys had nothing, man. Mm -hmm. A lot of times when you're fighting for life, fighting to survive, you can go to heights that you never thought imaginable. But also with his competition background, right? Mm -hmm. Sambo world champion, UFC fighter, the ability to wrestle and compete at the highest level, I think that's what's going to have to carry Islam in this fight because for everyone that he's fought, for all the guys that he's ever been in the octagon with, he's never seen anybody like RDA, right? For... No matter what people think, 
you know, you're his friend, you're not yeah. his friend, you're, you're his manager, you're his you you gotta respect RDA well, for all that he's done. And also if you if you're Islam, you have to understand that this is a step up in competition. Yeah. This is an opportunity in the UFC to prove what Islam has been saying he was the entire time, with what you have been saying, what Khabib has been saying about him. And to me, that's the most exciting thing. If we get what I dubbed a boring performance. <laughs> Right, that, that we saw. If we get one of those against RDA, it's different mm-hmm. because it's dominant. It's, yeah. it's, it's reminiscent of what we saw Khabib due to the Poirier's, due to the Gaethje's, yep, due yep, to the yep. McGregor's. And that's why I'm extremely excited about this matchup. And well, if you could do it to somebody with such a high level. RDA is mm-hmm. a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. Yep. RDA is a former UFC champion. RDA is a guy that is going to go into the UFC record books and Absolutely. into the Hall of Fame. Yep. Right? And not only is RDA good for all the things that he's done in the past, RDA is good for what he showed in his return to 155 against Paul Felder. Absolutely. I mean, he looked fantastic. He looked looked fantastic, right? That that was a back-and-forth fight against someone else that we respect in this game. And so that's what Islam is facing. It's also his opportunity, though, to prove to the world, I am worthy of this top-five ranking. I am everything I said I was. And when you call a guy out, though, when when you call a dude by name and you get that dude, you know what it is. Like, for me, if we're doing one-on-ones at practice, and I'm like, nah, I want Antonio Brown. Nah, I want Heinz him up. When that dude walks out there, I have to step up because now the pressure's on me. And that's what Islam Makachev is now. You, you, you called out Heinz Ward in well, one-on-ones. I mean, why thing. would you call out Heinz Ward? Absolutely. Dude, beast. No, but you want to call out Heinz Ward before you call out somebody fast. Right? <laughs> you got to call out, you have to call out a dude that your speed matches his speed. Yeah, you're going to get you on the route running though. Bro, Heinz Ward ain't have ACLs. He got in a, in a, in a bike, a bicycle accident as a kid yeah. and didn't have ACLs and, he did and played he did? that well in the NFL. Jeez, he was a different weak. type of dude. He was a different Can dude. you fight in the UFC without ACLs? I mean, honestly, you can. Right. right? You can get through stuff, but it, it the lateral movements and everything <laughs> are a lot different, right? A lot of things are different. But, you know, when you talk about RDA and Islam, mm-hmm. I feel like this fight RC is going to have to tell us, honestly, who's in line? Yeah. I know it's hard to say when you've got guys like Chandler and Gaethje mm-hmm. fighting, but when Islam fights RDA, right, and for all the fights, Islam's won in a row, and for all the fights, RDA will have won in a row. If he gets past Islam, right, that'll be two in a row, back at 155 after being successful up at 170, now you got to start to consider whether or not this guy gets another shot at the title. So I truly believe that this is going to be a number one contender's fight because wow. Chandler just fought for the belt, Yep. right? Uh, Gaethje just fought for the belt yep. against Habib. And if you're looking to get new, fresh matchups, then you got to start to kind of look at that RDA versus Islam fight and think one of these guys has to show me not, like that they deserve a championship opportunity. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's such a, a tough division. And it's actually a division with stars that are beyond the champion. Mm-hmm. And we don't, we're not used to seeing that. Usually when a guy like Charles Oliveira wins the championship, you're not talking about who's next in the pecking order, feeling this way about him with this type of expi- excitement, this type of reverence, this type of understanding of, okay, this guy could be the next champion. This yeah. guy could hold the belt. But and is that's that, where but we is are. That mean, but that's probably because I think People are still kind of disrespecting Charles Oliveira. 100%. Because when, normally when you got a champion, you don't go, this guy may be a future champ. This guy's maybe a future champ, right? I think people are living in what they saw from Charles in the past and not the Charles Oliveira of today. And I know when we saw him in Vegas, 
You saw how big Charles Oliveira Man, is for Yeah, pounds? like, when, you know, every every guy that walked off the stage, I'm going to be honest, DC, I sized him up, right? <laughs> because I was thinking to myself, as a former football player, a guy that walks around over 200 pounds, could I take that dude? Well, this dude is 5'7". Can I yeah, take yeah. him? And Charles walks up on me. If you've never been close to him, you don't understand how wide his shoulders He's are, wide, how long, how long his arms are. But I want, I want to tell you this, though, DC. You never get another chance or a second chance to make a first impression. Yep, yep. Right? We saw Charles Oliveira struggle early, early right? We yep, saw him not yep. be able to handle adversity. And I think for so many people, even though you come back after a bad first round against Chandler and get the knockout, it's so hard to forget those things. And that's where we are with I thought, I thought that, but I thought that, and I know we were, we were talking about Islam and RDA, but now we we're on the totally champ. Moved off. I know we're on the champ now. But the thing about Oliveira for me was that because of what he did, because of him bouncing back and showing that in that adversity, he was able to dig through and overcome to become the champion shows the maturity. But I yeah. get what you're saying about first impressions mean a lot. Absolutely. Right? It's hard to make people forget of the times that he got beat by so many guys. We're dealing with a different human being right yes, now. Absolutely. And whoever is going to step across the octagon with him will have their hands full. But first, we look to UFC 267. Because that's going to be a fantastic fight between those two. No, it's, it's going to be a great fight. That's the fight I think that Islam needs. That's the fight that RDA wanted. This either puts Islam on the map or RDA back on the map. So it's going to be a treat for us. Fans. It's going to be a fantastic fight. Now, last weekend, right, we had UFC. We had Bellator. We had Bare Knuckle fighting a couple weeks ago. We had so many different events. It was right. a massive weekend for fighting, right? There's boxing every weekend. But last weekend, the UFC hosted... Another fight from the Apex, and it was Sean Strickland versus Uriah Hall. Mm -hmm. Sean Strickland looked like a beast, like an absolute savage, fought with pace and pressure yeah. that was unreal. But he is so wild that we left that performance, a career-changing performance that puts him in the top 10 squarely, talking about what he said after. Let's take a listen to it. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that, man. If you like to hurt people, you're in the right sport, man. Like, I would love nothing more than to kill someone in the ring. Nothing more. It would make me super happy. I would own that too. I don't know if it made me liable. I might have to say I'm sorry if the cops came, but I would own that. Own it, man. Be a psychopath. It's fun. Ryan, I mean, Sean even looked like he had done too much, right? You could see that uncomfortable type of smile as he's walking away yeah. like, maybe I went too far, being that he had the biggest one of his career. Mm -hmm. You know, he's solely in the top 10. And for all that mixed martial arts has had to deal with yes. to get to where they are today, from getting sanctioned in New York to the, the fight with the, the late Governor McCain, mm -hmm. uh, when people said that it was human cockfighting, yeah. this isn't a good look. And for Sean Strickland to win a fight in front of a million people, because that's what the ratings came yeah. back as, they see him do that. What does that make you think about you know, this? You know, when, when a guy stands in... The, the octagon and says that he'd be cooking meth, right? Yeah. It, it, it really, it really lowers the expectation of what the MMA or the, the UFC athlete is as a human. Mm -hmm. And and that's okay because you have to have a, a certain mindset to do this, but think about where this sport has come from and where it is now in DC. This is the, the fourth generation, right? Of MMA fighter where, where young kids like guys like AJ McKee are getting trained not to be wrestlers, right? They're not, they're not getting trained to be boxers or football players. They're training to be MMA professionals. Yep. And, and I think that's the word that we have to think of. Yeah. It, it is a situation where your mindset has to be violence. Your mindset has to be killed or be killed. 
But that's that last part's not literal. No. And when I look at you, someone as accomplished as you were in wrestling, and now you make the adjustment to learn other skills in order to become a champion, that's when I say, okay, you know what? There's a kid who can be that. Yes. Right. You, you, if you're a kid, you say, you know what? I want to get my son in wrestling. Maybe I can send him to D.C.'s wrestling school. He can learn some of those things. One day become UFC champion because it is held at that high of esteem. Mm -hmm. If that becomes your champion, that clip, that quote, that presser will be played from now until the end of his reign. And they'll say, you know what? You don't have to be smart. You don't necessarily have to work on your skill. You can be barbaric in your nature mm -hmm. and become the top of this sport. And if we're trying to make it a sport, we can't have those type of things in our post-fight pressers when really, literally, somebody actually could die. You know, that's, that's crazy because the reality is when you become a professional, mm -hmm. right? I know we've seen it for as long as we can. I'm not a role model. I'm not this. Right, I'm not right, that. I'm sure. not this. The reality is you hold a responsibility to people that see you. Because mm -hmm. like I said, Sean Strickland fought in front of a million people. It peaked at a million people on ESPN last week and watching him fight. And probably coming away from that fight going, that guy's a warrior. Yes. That guy has I, fighting I, spirit. I, I was like that. Yeah. I was like This that. guy has fighting spirit, right? This guy's willing to go into the fire and just with activity mm -hmm. and his heart and desire, he could push himself through against a guy that in Uriah Hall, everybody thought was the more, more traditional. Skilled, skilled fighter. A skilled fighter and more traditional martial artist. Mm -hmm. And if you talk about traditional martial arts, it's all about honor. It's yes. all about respect. It is. So now you're telling me that the guy that says that he has no career path outside of those things and that he wants to harm someone in the octagon can succeed at a higher level than the guy that lives by the martial arts code. Mm -hmm. I will say this to Sean Strickland directly. I will say this to him directly. Sean Strickland, you got to do better. You got to do better as a guy that's been there. You hold a responsibility now to our sport, the sport that we all love and for the kids that are watching you perform, to hold yourself to a higher standard. And you can do it because look at what you have done since you've gone up in weight classes. So get it together, young man, and make it right. Now, guess what? RC, when I talk about getting it together, yeah. a godsend for Sean Strickland, right? Absolutely. Change the conversation. We both know that when you're dealing in a bad media cycle, mm -hmm. all you want is for the page to turn. Absolutely. What a page turn for Sean Strickland. He got a fight announced. He's going to Madison Square Garden. And now what is going to be the biggest spot of his career as he takes on the former champion, my buddy Luke Rockhold. Yep. This was a godsend for Sean Strickland, right? To get this fight announced no, right this, now. This is, this is perfect for him. And this is what happens, though. You know, they say, DC, they say winning cures all. Right. And, and him winning this fight got him a fight, a step up in competition, a step up in name, a step up in venue, a step up in opportunity, because that's what winning UFC fights in the fashion that he did against the person he wanted against gets you. And listen, man, and, and this is I'm about to fan fanboy a little bit. Right. And, and I'm sorry, D.C., but when you know a dude has names like Machida, right, mm -hmm. Vitor Belfort. Right. Michael Bisping, Chris Weidman, when those guys are on your record, when you have fought against that level of competition, that level of greatness in name, that's a big deal. And now if you're so Strickland, you're another dude that's going to be on that resume. Now, this can be a win against a Luke Rockhold, a guy. Now you get to have an opportunity to have another presser and say, you know what? What I said last time, I get it, but I've moved on from that. And look at the way I fought tonight against who is truly, to at least a fan like me, a legend of this game. You know what's crazy about it also is that for Sean Strickland, he gets a chance to go 
and make it right. But he gets a chance to go and make it right on a bigger stage. Right. This fight card is turning out to be one of the biggest ones of the entire year in Madison Square Garden with the fights that are already announced. Sean Strickland can get past Luke Rockhold. He truly has an opportunity to do a lot of things and correct a lot of things that he may have dealt with in the past. But the reality is this. Luke Rockhold is still as difficult for anyone in the world. I know everybody talks about he doesn't have a chin. If you can hit him, you're going to knock him out. You got to hit him. He's not as good. You got to hit <laughs> you gotta him. You got to hit him. Right? And he's been away for a while. Mm-hmm. He hasn't fought since he fought against Sean Bohovich. But when you look back on the Bohovich fight, Luke's first time up at 205, right, gets knocked out bad. Bohovich looks like, wow, how do you lose to a guy that's not that good? Ah, well, time. Look, look where it is now. Time, time reveals all. Time reveals all, and time has allowed for that loss to age beautifully. Absolutely. Because Jan went on to knock out Corey Anderson, who's doing his thing in Bellator. Jan went out to knock out Dominic Reyes, Fresh who had fought John, John Jones, Jones so close. Jan then beats Israel at Asanya to show how valuable he is. Mm-hmm. So that loss has aged really well for Luke Rockle. Absolutely. And those are the things that you want to see happen after you lose to a guy like Jan Bohovic, because that's a situation where it's like, oh, maybe your career is over. But you think about the knockout power, being able to knock out a Dominique Reyes, you say, oh, this dude is different. Right, Dominique Reyes goes five rounds with John Jones, and, and many then, people thought he won the fight. Absolutely, and now you're knocked out. What was it, the second round? Yeah, and so, so you're showing. So now, but if you're Luke Rockhold, and and you know this better than me, DC, you understand your back is against the wall. You understand how people are looking at you. You've been away from the sport, as you said, and you hear the question marks. Question marks is can my chin hold up? Where you're fighting a guy in Sean Strickland who's, who's, who's a volume guy. Yeah, he's not and, a guy that just puts you to sleep. Exactly. He's a volume guy. So you feel you can devise a plan where you can use your skill, use your experience to get this win. And so he has to be excited about this matchup too against a dude whose name is now ringing. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. When I saw the Uriah Hall, Sean Strickland trailer, I got excited. My son, who's who's into mixed martial arts as much as me, he was so excited about the ESPN+. Plus. He said, you know what? I like this Strickland guy. He's talking about violence. Now he gets another chance to show us that. You know, the thing about Rockhold and the Strickland fight, it got offered to him earlier. Mm-hmm. He told me about it. You know, ah, it doesn't get me excited. I want something that's going to get the juices flowing for a former champion. But then now... A week after he beats a Uriah Hall, that fight gets announced because now Sean Strickland becomes more viable. Sean Strickland's name has a little bit more momentum, more momentum. And now Luke Rockhold can see himself standing across the outcome from him. Nah, listen, and that's huge, DC, but you know, you have the promo code now. So some reason you get all the reads. <laughs> so I'll let you give a little holler or a little shout out to our friends. Our friends over at Keeps. Now, guys. Two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35. The reason I read the Keeps article is because I have no hair. That's why I get it. <laughs> Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. With convenient virtual doctor consultants and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. Guys, you don't even have to leave your home. Keeps is low cost. The treatments start at just $10 a month, and Keeps offers generic versions. Prevention is key. Treatment can take four to six months to see results, so act fast. And if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash DC to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash DC to get your first month free. Keeps.com slash DC. Hey, 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 RC, 
I'm no expert at keeping my hair. No, I, mean, you I still got know, the, but waves. You see the waves. Though. You still you got the, the waves. waves, but I'm the target audience, man. That's why I got to read the key three. Okay, so so DC, we, we talked a little bit of uh, Sean Strickland, Uriah Hall off that fight night card, but another huge story was Cheyenne Bias after her win over Gloria DePaula, which was eye-opening, yeah. right? We, we looked at it and we said, okay, this is, this is a career-defining win, but it was more so about what she said after the fight than what she did during the fight. I've been so broke my whole life because of this sport, but it's so worth it to me because I love this sport. But to get a $50,000 paycheck, you know, my husband's going to tell me to put it away. I'm definitely going to want to buy some nice stuff. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I, like, I like to buy a little bit of things for the house and for my animals. I really like to spoil my family. But, you know, this week I'm definitely taking my team to go get a nice dinner. So um, it's going it, to – it's life-changing for sure, but – I just, you know, got to put the money away and just go out there and fight again. You know, Cheyenne Baez has a lot of financial difficulties, and she was very transparent about that. But as you said, RC, life-changing performance, but the money can be life-changing also as she took home her first performance of the night bonus. But honestly, man, the struggle of becoming a mixed martial artist is not lost on me because I dealt with a lot of those times early in my career also. DC, you had a quote from 2015, and I want to read it back to you. We had nothing. Selena and I had nothing. We had a 700-square-foot apartment in San Jose, California, one bedroom, and we had no money. And my family has no money down in Louisiana. We were on welfare. We called my parents, and they don't have much. But my mom, my dad, my brothers, and my sister-in-law, they pulled together whatever they had, $575, and they sent it to Selena and I. To, to hear a story like that, D.C., coming from football, which is different, it's almost like when you make it, you at least have something. How common is Cheyenne Bias' story, and how common is your story for people who fight in the UFC or who are mixed martial artists? You know, honestly, it, it, it's, it's, it's very common, you know, because there is no signing bonus, right? There's mm -hmm. no signing bonus to, to start fighting mixed martial arts. She said that it's hard to live this dream and she's been broke a lot trying to live this dream. But I think that when you look at how difficult it is in fight sports, because guys, this is not just mixed martial arts. Make no mistake about it. This is not just the UFC. This is across the board. In boxing, when you're trying mm -hmm. to make your way up, unless you're an Olympian that came home with a medal, there are no big contracts. Yes, Andre Ward made money immediately. Deontay Wilder made money immediately. But there were a number of other guys on that Olympic team that didn't make money immediately. They fought for little money to start. But I truly believe that if you go back as far as even Rocky the movies, man, mm -hmm. right? Rocky living in the small apartment, trying to become, living in the gym. Right, before, before he got too big for his britches and Clubber Lang beat him up. Come on, man. Right? Don't, before don't he was it. swimming around with the Labrador retriever or whatever it was in the pool at the big house. I think we all struggle a little bit when we get to the big house at times, right? That's why Marvin Hagler said, hard to be motivated when you're sleeping on satin sheets. Absolutely. Great Marvin Hagler. But... It feels like it's a story of the journey. And you hope that Cheyenne buys with this money can now start to focus more on her career. And we've seen that, right? Mm -hmm. So it's common. We've seen people come into the UFC fight, make some money, get a bonus, and go, now I can quit my job, right? So it's, it, it's, it's very common, especially early. But what you don't hear very often is established people in the octagon, in Bellator, in boxing, 
saying those same types of things. Well, I think it's, it's, it's part of the journey. And I believe for football players and for players in other sports, that's, that's what high school is like, or that's what college is like when you're living off of, of stipends. And so there's not necessarily a minor league to mix martial arts, whereas people can see you going through the ranks and understand mm -hmm. that, you know what, right now, you're going to be a little broke. But when you, and let's, let's keep it honest, when, when you do see a young lady and she's saying these type of things, you're like, man, I wish it was better for her. Not really thinking to yourself, this is what the journey is. This is the start. But that's why when we look at the pictures of you, even when we were showing the quotes with the two belts on your shoulders and the smile on your face and the joy in your eyes, it's because you can look back to where that journey started Mm -hmm. And say, you know what? Look how far I've come. Look what we've come through. And now you say, you know what? I've made it. And you can honestly go and tell people that. I can go tell Cheyenne Bias. I can go tell every single athlete that you see go through that. Brighter days are coming, as you see right now with that bonus. And honestly, when you go through that, and I tell this to my guys constantly, my, the Kyle Crutchmers, Nick Piccinini's, Jacoby Smith, Deron Wynn, all the guys that are starting that are under my wing, I tell them. Embrace this journey. Bro, it was a time at one point when we were in Bob Cook's house. I lived there. Kane Velasquez lived there. Phil Davis lived there. Luke Rockhold lived there. We were champions. all living, all champions, right? So it's like Bob's house has made <laughs> so many champions. But you got to go through the journey. You have to go through the journey in order to get to where you want to get and appreciate everything that you ultimately have at your, your fingertips when it's all said and done. But now we got to get to our friend. We got to get to our friend at Manscaped. Breaking news. This is an important PSA brought to you by Manscaped.com. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. I am one of the first people to try the new 4.0, and I got to say, I'm blown away by the performance, the craftsmanship, the details on the 4.0, they're all next level. So join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. That's 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code DC at manscaped.com. Listen, guys, if you're still trimming your face with your body <laughs> trimmer, it's time to make some changes. So get 20% off, free shipping with the code DC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code DC. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Come on, man. You can't be passing it on your legs. You can't be passing it all over your legs and your body and putting it on your face. Listen, body to face is not the way that it can work. But Saturday was a great night, right? Saturday was a night where you hit me up because you saw I had the iPad out. I had the TV on because I wanted to see A.J. McKee, who eventually shocked the world by beating the pit bull to win the Bellator Grand Prix. And then after that, we know this dude's a trash talker, right? He comes out to the Snoop Dogg. He got the Louis Vuitton bucket hat on, right? A big time starter the crowd is electric he's in his hometown he's at the forum but a little bit of trash talk after he's talking about fighting Volkanovski fighting uh Max Holloway he's talking about putting up a million dollars to fight the Ortegas of the world where does he stack up with the rest of the top featherweights in the world not just in where he's fighting in his organization but in the UFC as well well let me be honest with you you alluded to it a bit AJ McKeon the walkout Dude, it felt like a star. Dude felt like a star. I mean, ain't nothing but a G thing. Yes, sir. In Los Angeles. <laughs> yes, sir. Like, that was crazy. Watching this young man walk out and know that in that moment, RC, as you alluded to earlier, you alluded to how 
Kids are being trained to become mixed martial arts. Yes. I think that was the evolution and a game plan that Scott Cochran and put in that play a few years ago with those young athletes. AJ McKee is now a guy that had his, and this is this is one of my facts from one of my buddies out at <laughs> MMA History Today. Hey, AJ McKee had his professional debut in Bellator, and now he's 18 and 0 and 19 and 0 as the champion. Mm -hmm. So it was the plan in place that got completed last weekend. But the dude's the real deal. He's very tough. He has all the skill in the world, but Max Holloway and all those oh dudes, God, that's man. some big fights to be asking for Alexander Volkanovsky. But you know what you and I talked about a little bit was AJ McKee feels like he has the keys to opening up a more urban type of fan base to mixed martial arts. Yeah, and you know, this is something I think the UFC is missing. You know, they, they, they've had John Jones, but I don't necessarily believe that John embraced the culture yep. like, like many of those kids in L.A. or some of the people that were screaming for him, uh, for A.J. McKee at the forum. And then there's Israel Adesanya. But just to be frank, like he's not even from here, <laughs> right? And, and, and Francis Ngannou, uh, Kamaru Usman, those people don't necessarily connect to the African-American yep. culture the way a kid like A.J. McKee is. You know, the charisma, the trash talk, being able to talk about the things that are involved in that culture. Yeah. I think that would be so huge for the UFC or for Bellator to tap into. Early on, when we were talking about Sean Strickland, I talked to you a little bit about people that were raised to, to be a part of the sport. I always knew I was going to play football. From the first time they put one in my hand, I knew what to do with it. And I knew I wanted to be like Randall Cunningham because I played quarterback. He was a black quarterback and we had the same initials, yep. period. Yeah. I knew that. There's going to be some kids that can see A.J. McKee and say, you know what? I know that he wrestled coming yep. up. I know that he got into jiu-jitsu. I know that he worked on his stand-up. And now he's the champion of the world. Someone like him is so important to the expansion of mixed martial arts. And he needs to be paid like it. And I think Bellator knew that already. But now with some of this Max Holloway, Brian Ortega talk, maybe the UFC will take notice there as well. There is big money in A.J. McKee's future if anyone knows what winning a Grand Prix can do for you, it's this guy right here. I saw the big check. It's this guy right here that knows what, doing a grand, what winning a Grand Prix can do for you. Now, AJ McKee, a, yeah, he's, he's going to be a star. What's up, guys? That's it for part one of DC and RC. Make sure you get part two wherever you get your podcast on Thursday. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One.